This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The dogs were barking last night, and wow, those games were unbelievable. Welcome to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app, watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube, and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the show today, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports will tell us how vulnerable the Miami Dolphins are after their absolute collapse last night. How bad was that collapse, you ask? Well, Next Gen Stats gave the Titans a 0.4% chance of victory when trailing by 14 with 308 remaining in regulation. And as it turns out, the Titans get the outright upset. They were six and one or six to one money line dogs. What an incredible finish to game the game that was. Titans win over the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill had an injury. He did return. We will talk about what that means for his MVP and Offensive Player of the Year markets and possible awards there. But because of this incredible money line win by the Titans, the books absolutely cleaned up. All those Tyreek Hill props we were talking about, well, they all went under and they were all losses for the public. So, Joe, what do you make of this game and what do we make of the Dolphins going forward? Well, it wasn't just Tyreek. I mean, the books just cleaned up, period. Like, everybody seemed to be on the the favorites. I couldn't really come up with a case to back Tennessee. I'm not saying I was there. I was on the other the other big dog. But just we, we talked about it late last week, how, oh, man, like, from my perspective, I'm like, it's got to turn because I was on all underdogs. <laughs> underdogs almost had a winning record straight up this past week now mm-hmm. after what happened last night. It was unbelievable. Um, and that that's the NFL that I know and love. So I was very happy with the way things went uh, this week. But Tennessee gifted them the, the game, it looked like, at the end. And then they're up 27 to 13 with the turnovers. You know, in both games, it's like, oh, yeah, we see why you're a losing bunch. Like, they were showing it. Like, here's the game for you. Here are multiple turnovers late in the game. And then, wow, what what ended up happening? I mean, Hopkins was phenomenal all night. I know everybody's going to run to, oh, Tua was bad, Tua. And it was a Tyreek injury because he missed so much time. And then when he was out there, it wasn't 100%. Yes, that was all impactful. But the Titans put up 400 yards. This is a Dolphins defense 
that has been improving. Like at some point you do have to give the Titans a little bit of credit and Levis's numbers look great, but I thought Hopkins was the biggest reason that Levis had a lot of those numbers. Like some of the catches mm-hmm. that he was making just outstanding. Um, Levis on yards per attempt was 8.2 to 5.5 for Tua and company. You know, Henry got into the end zone a couple of times, but it's not like he was racking up the yardage. The run game was not there uh, all that much, but yet yeah, you, you do see the impact without Tyreek and, the scoreboard said they still put up 27. Hmm, not really. That wasn't a real 27 points. There were some very short fields in that game. So their offense was a mess. And, you know, credit the defense for the Titans, too. They had two under pressure. And uh, he couldn't handle that pressure a lot last night, Aaron. Yeah. And also, you got to wonder, you know, what it Dolphins moving forward mentally, like is Tyreek's ankle going to be okay? They have the third most difficult schedule remaining. I mean, this is this was a a win that they really needed to get, and of course the Titans win outright. Will Levis the two touchdown drives to help them win that game, and you you mention it, Hopkins man. I'm watching him thinking this is what Tyreek needed to be doing. He looked phenomenal. <laughs> he has 898 receiving yards through 13 games. He could be the first Titans receiver since AJ Brown to have a thousand yard season. So the guy he has a loss his fastball and he looked really good last night ed oh yeah absolutely we're talking about deandre hopkins as well seven catches 124 yards and a score here i'm curious when we're talking about the titans like i think whenever we've been projecting future schedules for say other teams we almost chalked up the titans to a victory for the opponent right like just natural assumption conclusion. You know what? Will Levis is a rookie. He hasn't looked very good for the most part. So and the Titans pass defense is really bad. So whomever they're playing, chalk it up to a W and then we can move on. Well, we learned, okay, yes, Miami absolutely blew it in those final minutes. And there are some real questions and concerns for the Dolphins going forward. And we will talk about that in a variety of different ways. But I wanted to get your guys' thoughts when it comes to the Titans where are they going to be playing spoiler again and maybe again when it comes to facing the Texans, the Seahawks, Texans again, and then the Jaguars? Because if this Will Levis to D-Hop connection improves over time, then I could definitely see them winning another game or two. I want to go to the point you started with because I think it's important. It's something that was on my mind, especially, and and I'm trying not to be prisoner of the moment, but... Um, again, a point that we've made many times, nobody's tanking, <laughs> nobody's tanking right now. <laughs> like when we get to week 18, we might get there. There might be some special circumstances. We'll see what quarterbacks, even with a dozen backups, almost a dozen backups that we had this week, nobody's tanking. And like, look, we overrate the schedule. We overrate it. Like, look at, look at the number of upsets. How many games were written in as W's or L's this week? And it went the opposite. You know, like last night, both of them, both games. I mean, that game closed at, what, 16? 16 mm-hmm. points spread in that game. And the other one was mm-hmm. almost a touchdown. And Thursday night's game was six. And the dog wins outright. Like there were a lot a lot of games. And then we're also at a stage in the season where we're going to see that second divisional matchup. And what mm-hmm. we know in Survivor is be wary of those matchups. Be care- careful. Second time they're seeing each other for years and years. They know each other very well. Um, 
And all of that is baked into the numbers. And we'll get into that with the playoff odds. So I think that is something important to remember. I mean, Houston, how many people had Houston not getting 200 yards against the Jets? It was going to be a very difficult matchup. I don't view this weekend as a one-off. I know it was more on the extreme side, guys, but I view it as more of the NFL norm that we were not seeing. And that's why it was a story in my world. Like the favorites kept hitting again and again. That's not the NFL that we're used to. And then this week happened and people are going to make a big deal out of it. And yes, it was a wild week with some of the results that we got, but, but also like we should be used to it. Touchdown favorites losing outright. That happens a lot in this league. When you have a handful of them, it usually happens at least once on a week by week basis. Yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I was thinking last night how Paul's like, I'm not going to watch much football. And it was all oh, what man. we saw last night. <laughs> I, I have a feeling he ended up watching it, but I'm curious right. because it was it was pretty cool what we witnessed. And I did. kept talking about it. When are the – what's up, Paul? Were you back Sorry, on board? I, I, what's up? I did, <laughs> in fact, watch football last night, surprisingly enough. I, yes, I had, I had the one good screen ass. and the other screen. I, I even had well, both the screen. You've been quiet. a very good boy. I was like, yeah. is anyone watching football? What's going on? And then I figured maybe the, you guys were. It just wasn't active. Um, oh, get out of here. Really- Giants were like my favorite, <laughs> second favorite bet of the week. I love that game. I was all in. I was dude. on the Giants. All right. Yeah, and I mean, I did we'll real quick. It. I did mush my brother. I feel bad, kind of. So Dude, your brother he, had a rough he was on week. the Dolphins. Finally, <laughs> yeah, I know he's he's clinging on the lead in a uh, pick'em league that we're in. But he was on Dolphins thirteen and a half. So I texted him. I'm like two back of him, but there's a bunch of other people in there. But I was like, once the Dolphins yeah. went up fourteen with like three minutes left, I texted him. I was like, when you beat me by one, at least we'll both know this was the one. And then they went and lost outright. None of the others. It's that one specifically. Yeah. Man. Yeah, there are a lot of people that took Miami in contests just because uh, it was a shorter number earlier in the week, too. And, I mean, then this Mm -hmm. is the opposite side of two touchdowns. And then uh, it didn't matter if Tennessee outright – if you're – did anybody do not not in this group, but I didn't see any tickets floating around. Did anybody see uh, a dog money line parlay last night? Usually no. you get those. That's like, a good idea. But nobody was considering yeah. it, right? I mean, that right. was... We, we've just been yeah. preconditioned to go with the favorites for so long now. And, you know, part of it, too, is, like, we've just expected the league to be really top-heavy this year. Some years it's going to be. But eventually, like, you get something that's a good bit more even. And I would say at this point, there are probably only one or two teams that are guaranteed you know, as much as you can guarantee, losing out the rest of the way. And one of them, it doesn't matter when it comes to draft positioning in the Carolina Panthers. So with everyone else, nobody's tanking. Nobody's trying to lose games. Like, get that out of your noggin right now, folks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know we'll talk about the Giants, but maybe they sh- they shouldn't be winning so many games right now. It's, maybe, maybe it's they three in a row. They're no, idiot. they need a quarterback. <laughs> maybe they don't. I don't know. Yeah, do that. Hey, hey you know what? Honestly, quarterback controversy. On, on, okay, you say that you're joking. Are we sure he's not as good as Daniel Jones? With what we've seen out of Daniel Jones. He how, might be what's better. The side? <laughs> Wow. His legs there. He can bring the legs. Outliers that are better. 
the cut. Isn't this what? discount Daniel Jones? <laughs> like we saw Daniel Jones do this. Like I'm not gonna say he's not yeah. like you know replacement level, but like mm-hmm. we've seen these. Is Daniel Jones winning these Daniel three games? Jones. Is Daniel Jones winning these three when, games? When he's doing his running thing, yeah, he could have won these three games Probably. in his, like, yes. yeah, last yeah, year. Didn't yeah. he do this last year? Right. I mean, so, yeah. 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 Show yeah, me Tommy DeVito next like, year going games, on a yeah. heater, and I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three and one as a starter is not enough for me to conclude that Tommy DeVito, when he's shown <laughs> us just about nothing at any other level, <laughs> that he's, he's going to be the guy. Uh, you know – and I'm really uncomfortable defending Daniel Jones in this argument. Like, do you realize? I know. Like, I'm, I know. Yeah, I'm getting the this cold prickles right now just even talking about it. It's but, awful. Okay, which I mean, maybe they're talking about it in New York. Which guy, given the money, would you rather have? Like, maybe right. that's a convert. Maybe that's a hashtag value. Have. That's fine. Yes. I get it. But yeah. no, Tommy DeVito yeah. is not better than <laughs> Daniel know. Jones. We know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, all these teams that are getting wins at the top of that draft order, New England, Arizona, now Chicago's won back-to-back games. The Giants are still the eighth spot. They've won three straight games, guys. It's just <laughs> the only thing I know about the draft order is the Bears are going to have the one pick because of Carolina. That's the one thing that I do know. There's a, a two-loss difference between them, them and uh, everybody else in the NFL. Um, yeah, we've put it off long enough. It's got to be discussed. Was the agent thing real, or is is that a plant? <laughs> NFL's been accused of plants this year with the Chargers, uh, one that comes to mind. Was that real? Like, that was just – It seemed was it too- like a movie. I don't know what that was. You, Didn't you know it what, seem though? like some type of comedy movie? I don't know. That was, that was bizarre. Yeah, I I will say, though, that I have been to the Giants sideline more than once when I was covering the Cowboys. All the guys there wear fedoras like that's not unique to Tommy DeVito's agent. A lot of other guys are dressed that way specifically when they go to MetLife Stadium. So in that respect, I'm inclined to believe it. Who else does this guy represent? Where did he come from? I'm like, is he a family yeah, no. friend? Like, is he oh. the neighbor? I- I'm just confused where this guy there is. He may just have a law old... degree and that's it. That's fine. He, I think he has been an agent. Uh, I couldn't tell you who one other person he's represented. But, like, there is a picture of him, I think, meeting. Uh, I saw it floating around with Belichick, like, meeting him on the sideline, like, shaking his hand, whatever. He's wearing a hoodie and a hat and a lanyard. Bro knew he was on Monday Night Football last night. Like, I'll say yeah. that. Like, mm-hmm. he dressed okay. for the occasion. Like, he, I would, like, I don't think it's a plant, but I think he played it up he, as much as he possibly could. He looks related to Tommy DeVito, I think. A little resemblance there. He's like a cousin. cousin. This how a cousin. You, how are you looking for an agent and you have a sit down with this guy? I'm like, that's my guy. <laughs> I found my like, disagree. That, How like, do you not say that tell, after sitting down with that guy? Because because you want to be taken questions. seriously. That's why you want to be taken seriously. Like I understand it's a bit and it's funny and all that, but like no, no, no. I'm on his website. <laughs> I need I'm like at, Jesus. I need of like course, twenty references. Of course, Doug Flutie mm-hmm. wrote the foreword on his. Oh my gosh! I mean, what the? <laughs> 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 
He's gotten endorsements from Dicka. Of course he has. Like he's getting right. inducted into the like Italian Sports Hall of Fame in Chicago this weekend. We gotta get him on the show. As a show. We gotta get him on the show. Which guy? Tommy Stilato? DeVito. Oh, that, they take wow. anyone in though. Like I remember when oh. I used to work on oh, the you know, like every, Hall of Fame every every week there would be someone who's entering the Italian American Chicago Sports Hall of Fame. Like every week, so. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Lasorda would be there every week. It's a, it's a... <laughs> this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Frank Schwab next on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. There was really nothing. Here's a couple plays we like. Go out there and rip that son of a bitch. Pretty simple. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. With advice like that, that's why Brian Dable's the defending coach of the year. I mean, how can you beat that? Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we go off the board as Joe Ostrowski vies to be father of the year. But in the meantime, let's talk about this uh, Packers-Giants game here because uh, we mentioned Tommy DeVito, 3-1 and one as a starter. Saquon Barkley uh, also had a fantastic outing, 20 carries, 86 yards, a couple touchdowns, plus 37 rushing yards over expected. Uh, in terms of big takeaways, what does this mean in terms of that outside, outside chance the Giants can make the playoffs? And what about the Packers? Because even though uh, we all pretty much agreed that the Packers were going to struggle without Christian Watson, still, though, to lose a game like this, now those playoff chances are very much in jeopardy. Yeah, if we're going to have those outside, outside uh, chance <laughs> conversations, like you got to talk about the Bears, too, like. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how ridiculous this is. That's how bunched up it is, that the Giants are one back in the loss column of the seventh seed in the NFC playoff picture, which is the team that they beat last night. Green Bay falls to the seven. So are the Chicago Bears. Like, what? <laughs> that's where we are. You win a couple of games. You're, you you get in the, in the hunt graphic on TV that all the pregame shows and all the halftime shows are using right now. Mm-hmm. There are like two teams that you can't mention in the NFC. That's how bunched up it is. Um, but as far as big picture, yeah, uh, I thought it's more about the Packers. So mm-hmm. the, the love run that we were seeing everything positive. And, and this is a big reason why I was on the giants is not only were the Packers lo- missing so many uh, key players last night, but also we just, it went too far. It went from them being an underdog in every game to now they were a road favorite of six points. And I think it ended up closing at five and a half at most spots. And they're not, they're not ready for that. And, Oh, what do you know? LaFleur, you can lose in December. God, that was a trend. I couldn't, I I would just cringe when I would hear it. Matt LaFleur Mm -hmm. in December, 
yeah, with a different quarterback. So none of it matters. And yeah, Jordan Love, it, it looked like what we were seeing earlier in the season, earlier in the year, as opposed to over the last uh, last month or so. I'm not saying it's uh, it's time to give up on him at all. Um, but man, we're, we're very close to not even having this conversation because that Saquon fumble, come on, dude. I know it's easier said than done for me sitting in my basement, but you've got to hold on to the ball. It's over. Just hold on to the ball after that long run. And he just gifted them the ball with three minutes left and gave them the opportunity to take the lead. But, uh, DeVito let a drive to get in field goal uh, position. But, uh, yeah, no, there are reasons to be concerned about the Packers for sure. Poor start for Jordan Love, but I, I'm i with you, Joe. I don't want to overreact too much because I did think he overcame some of that and did try to give them a chance to win. So I don't think it's like, oh, man, just an overall terrible performance. But we obviously saw some regression from him, which I guess is to be expected since he doesn't have that much experience. Like at some point we were probably going to see this. But, you know, I thought the second half, especially the fourth quarter, he did try to give the Packers a chance. Mm-hmm. He did. I think that's fair. And I think also part of that is just the the Matt LaFleur aspect, right? Like, I think he is a good head coach who can make key offensive adjustments to at least put Love in a position. The problem is that position may have been just a little too little too late here. I also found it mm-hmm. really interesting that you go up against the Giants defense, you know what they're going to do. They're going to blitz the heck out of you right? It's Wink Martindale. That's just what they do. It's what their DNA is. And Love handled that blitz really well. 14 to 20, 177 yards, a touchdown and a pick, passer rating of 93 against the blitz. This shows me that, yes, Jordan Love has plenty of of potential, no doubt about it. But it's also the point that I made yesterday. He has to have everybody around him to be successful. Now, in the middle of the season, when the Packers are putting it together, yes, he had everybody and he looked fantastic and we saw the results. But you start taking pieces away, including his wide receiver one, not to mention the defense was losing some key players as well. So that gave Barkley and DeVito opportunities that they probably wouldn't have had otherwise. It's a recipe for disaster if you're the Packers. And so I would argue among all 32 teams in the NFL, this is the one where I care about the injury report probably as much as any team because any significant losses, they are a completely different football team. And it's a lengthy injury report every week. It's been going on yeah, for years. It it's the same guys when, when he was still playing. It was Bakhtiari on there every week. It's Jair Alexander on there every week. This stage in his career, it's probably going to be a lot of Aaron Jones, you know, and you, know, you miss him too. It's just, yeah, it, it's a ton of guys. And I think the Packers are that team when we were talking about overrating the schedule, I don't, I'm not going to say that we don't know which team's going to show up because we liked the Packers getting all those points against the Chiefs last week. I like mm-hmm. the Packers uh, going against the Packers last night, laying all those points against the Giants. But their last four results, it's the opposite of what was supposed to happen. Last night, mm-hmm. a six point favorite. They lose outright. Last week, a five and a half point dog. They win outright. Before that, an eight point dog on Thanksgiving to Detroit. They win outright. They were a three point dog to the Chargers. They win outright. Their last four results have been the opposite of what the point spread. There's a wide range of outcomes week to week when it comes to the Packers. So, anytime I see I see value on on them, 
Like, I'm going to jump on it. If they're laying heavy points, which I don't know that we're going to see again the rest of the year, I'm going to go the <laughs> yeah, other right. side. But, but sometimes you might find them getting some value after a bad loss like that. Maybe, but the Packers also turning the ball over on offense, the special teams, and they, they just had – it was not their best showing, like mistakes. They're dropping a lot of passes. Both sides yeah, of the were. ball, the muffed punt, like it was terrible. Yeah. No, a lot of that needed to be cleaned up. But they also got gifts as well. I mean, that Saquon Barkley fumble uh, when he was going on that long run, like True. that might have put the game away at the end. Instead, you know, Jordan Love, you know, with that field position, was able to drive, you know, considerable distance uh, for that touchdown. Unbelievable catch, by the way. Knocking down mm-hmm. the official and still uh, hitting the pylon. That was cool. Uh, but if we're talking about the Packers going forward, their next game uh, is at home against Tampa Bay three-and-a-half-point favorites, is this a situation where we're going to zag when everyone else is zigging one more time when it comes to these Packers? What are they going to be doing? What what do you think people are going to be doing? You think they'll go against the Packers now that they saw that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, context matters so much, doesn't it, for for that specific game? Yeah. Um, Yeah, let me see the injury report. You know what I mean? It's right. it's going to be big. I guess Watson back. Is Jair Alexander going to be out there? Is Quay Walker mm-hmm. going to be out there for that defense? But, yeah, I mean, it's not – when you give up 24 to the Giants, that's not good. You give up to, mm-hmm. to DeVito? Like, that's that's reason to be concerned uh, for darn sure. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of regression and Jordan Love, we can talk about regression in another sense. Monday Night Football Unders both went over last right. night. Just yeah. Mm. So I hope you're not just like, oh, follow that trend. Monday night football unders. Uh the whole primetime under thing, right? Um, Thursday night mm-hmm. flew over. It goes over in the first half. I don't know about flying over, but it went over in the first half. Last night both went overs. Mm-hmm. Sunday night, what happened with uh Dallas Philly? Was that over or under? It, that under. was close. I, uh it was under. It yeah, was under. It was under because Philly didn't score. Okay. Just, yeah, it was a crazy high yeah. number. That's right. That's right. It's 52 right. in the hook on that one. But uh, yeah, it uh, for the primetime ones, if you're playing that, the trends, if you're doing that, yeah, that's why they say it doesn't pay the rent, right? Um, the primetime exactly. unders did really bad. Uh, the, the favorites did really bad overall this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how do you guys feel about trends overall? Because I figure by the time it's a trend and we talk about it on the show, you know that it's going to end at any moment. Usually it's like, I'm I'm probably just going to stay away from it. That's what I did with these primetime unders. I never jumped on that bandwagon. It it depends on what it is. If there's something behind Mm it, is there something that is actionable? Or is it just something you're reciting that you've heard? In the past, mm-hmm. like I, I mentioned, the trend of Lafleur in December—that is just so random and dumb. It's a, it's a different quarterback. It's all different. Like the the point spread is different now. He's a six-point road favorite. Like when the when it changes that much, I'm throwing it completely out the window. But mm-hmm. you know, another trend that was a loser, but I I would give more credence to would be Miami's domination at home, and we didn't see that mm-hmm. last night. But but going into it, you don't know that Tyreek's going to get hurt. You don't know some of the things that are going to go on in that game. So it's tough to kill people that were were backing the Tua at home. The because a lot of that was about the matchup of that passing game going against the Titans secondary. 
And didn't yeah, Hill have was... like 50 yards on that fourth quarter drive when he did, or second half drive when he did come back? Like he missed a bunch of the first half. Then when he came back, it was like 50 yards or something like that. I mm-hmm. That leads me to believe that that's probably a more representative sample of what he would have done the entire game had he been healthy. Yeah, because yeah. as soon as he left the game, it was like they just looked, Dolphins looked flat. Like it was mm-hmm. just looked like a totally different team. I'm like, dang, you guys have other weapons. What's going on? Like, let's get it together here. There's like no pep in their step at all. It was like, whoosh, just suck the life out of them. Yeah. Oh, totally. Did. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, I, you know, as long as we're talking about Tyreek, we might as well pivot to it and we'll, and we'll hear from Frank Schwab in about 10 minutes on the show. Um, MVP. Does it help mm-hmm. or hurt? He's off the field. It was a big opportunity for him to dominate a weak Titan secondary most of the time, but like, it's also see, see, look at that Dolphins offense when Tyreek's not on the field. Look at that passing game when Tyreek's not there. Is Waddle as good? Of course, it, it points back at Tua. I, I, does it help or hurt him? I don't know. I think it's pretty neutral for me because I understand the argument that you're going to say, see, look how valuable he is. But I would say, mm-hmm. okay, fine, but he didn't do anything in the game. He had like 60-some yards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, if he came back and had, like, over 100 yards, now I know that's easy for me to say because I'm not the one who got injured, but I think it would yeah. sh- it would help his case even more. But I am in the camp of, see, look what the Dolphins' offense looked like without him. He is the most valuable player. It totally changed how they looked. And in a year where nobody's really running away with this award, if he can finish out the season – I still think he has a case, but I'm also kind of rooting for chaos and would like to see someone other than a quarterback win the MVP, which I know is almost impossible. Yeah, it it is almost impossible just because of the value (laughs) of the position. And look, four games is still plenty. It's there's plenty of time for a quarterback to stand out. Like, I don't think that we're going to be jostling for position all the way to the end. And not to mention, if we're talking about Tyreek, first off, I think that's a humongous if if he finishes out the season healthy, because the way he looked out there, that leads me to believe, yeah, he might play, but he might be limited uh, the rest of the way. Mm -hmm. And doesn't he also have to a finish as the receiving yards leader and B does he need to set a record doing so? Like, does he need to get to Mm -hmm. 2000 yards? If so, he's more than 500 behind that mark. So he's probably needing to average about a buck 25 per game for him to get that number. And I get context matters. How he does compare with everyone else in the field, that's the deal. But doesn't he need to set some kind of a record, add that to the resume and the overall argument? Because to me, even though he's had a phenomenal season so far, it probably needs to be at another level for me to take his MVP campaign seriously. And uh, Tyreek did fall a little bit after last night. Petem Jim has him at 16 to 1. Uh, He was around 13 to 1 yesterday. Jalen Hurts fell. Jalen Hurts 8 to 1. I see an 11 to 1 out there. Dak and Purdy back back and forth. Uh, Slight edge for Dak at some spots. I'll I'll go this far. Like, look, I think we are all in agreement. Yeah, Tyreek's not going to win it. Like, he might get some, you know, third place votes, something like that. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I I would be willing to say, and and I, Mister Court, this has got to be quarterback. It's going to be a quarterback. You're wasting your money if you go elsewhere. But I'd be willing to say that Tyreek is more valuable than the quarterback on that team. 
I don't know how you look at that yeah. team and say otherwise. Like the books have it right now. Now Tyreek has shorter odds than Tua at most places. That was not the case yesterday, and that that's probably mm-hmm. something that was that was you know meaningful from yesterday. Like if you're bringing up Tua, like no, no. If a Dolphin is in the MVP conversation, it's Tyreek, not Tua. Yeah, I think last night gave everyone clarity on that. Like, we don't have to have that debate anymore. But I could see, like, if Tyreek is healthy, Ed, to answer your question, I could see McDaniel trying to find a way to feed him the ball to try to break a record or get Mm -hmm. to that Mm -hmm. milestone. It's possible, but after last night, the Dolphins do have to win these games. And so if it means, like, outside runs, things like that, that changes the conversation. So if they were running away with the one seed, couldn't agree more. But after last night's game, I don't know. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports gives us his take on what it means for the Dolphins after last night's loss. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you at 1040. About an hour from now, we will have off the board. And again, Joe Ostrowski's campaign to become father of the year. But coming up now is Frank Schwab with Yahoo Sports. Make sure to follow him on X at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, thank you so much for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. And I've got a two-parter for you. Number one, what do we make of their chances to get the number one seed in the AFC and maybe even win the AFC after last night's loss? And secondly, did Tyreek Hill intentionally take time off to improve his MVP candidate? <laughs> I mean, there's no better argument for Tyreek as MVP than last night watching a Dolphins offense suddenly just flail around without him, right? Like, I, like Tyreek is a big part of what they do, and they didn't look right last night. And that's a bad, bad loss for them. I, look, they could still rebound, get the number one seed because they have games ahead of them that, that could get them there. But obviously, now you're a game behind the Ravens. You're you you have perfect the rest of the way out. There's a question of if they win a division. I, the Bills are not that far behind, and if the Dolphins screw around in some of these tough games they got coming up, all of a sudden that Week 18 game could mean a lot. The Bills already won once, so they you know they had the tiebreaker edge there if they could tie them in Week 18 with a win. So really, really damaging loss. I think more than that, more than just a math of can you get the number one seed? Can they do this? Can they do that? It, it just again, kind of reinforces that this Dolphins team is good, but I think they're a Super Bowl team. I, I just, and you know, you'd like that from your number one seed contenders, right? Uh, but 
I just have a tough time buying into the Dolphins as a Super Bowl contender. Lack of quality, true quality wins. And then, you know, last night, you lose at home to the Titans after, you, after you're leading by 14, well, less than five minutes ago. It's just not a good look for them. A month of football left, and it feels like everyone's in it, Frank. Like, we could have that. We could even have that debate, like, with the Giants. Or nobody's in it, Joe. I mean. <laughs> I, okay, like, the, what's the real thing? You could be in it, but it doesn't mean you're going to be doing anything. It's going to be a short visit. Like, what? what is most compelling to you going into the, to the last month? Is there a division race? Is there either AFC or NFC wild card where you have so many possibilities? Uh, what's grabbing your attention after uh, week 14? A couple of things come to mind. The ASU wildcard is really interesting. And I think maybe the most interesting team out there is the Bills, because I think that this is true, that the Bills are either going to miss the playoffs or make the Super Bowl. And I, I don't think there's any getting around that. I, I think that if they get in as the seventh seed, I believe they're going to Super Bowl. I really do, because the rest of the AFC is just eh, whatever. Like it's again, we just talked about the Dolphins. The Jaguars are obviously kind of up and down. The Ravens are the one team I probably trust the most, but I don't know that a capital T trust them. I think that they're very good, but if it was Bills at Ravens in the AFC Championship game, I don't know. I I might take the Bills there, but we don't know if the Bills are going to get in. I, I mean, they, they need to win some games here. They might need to beat the Cowboys on Sunday. So very interesting to me. We were just talking something that is intriguing to me, and we were talking about I think it's a great conversation. The MVP race is kind of awesome this year. Usually we got it a little bit figured out by now. This year, I don't know. Look, the voting is so formulaic for MVP. 13 of the last 14 MVPs have been quarterbacks off number one or number two seeds. You have this Dak issue where he does look like the favorite. He's a betting favorite right now. But the Eagles have the inside track still to the, to, to the NFC East title. It's hard to imagine when you look at the schedules, when you look at everything that lays out, that Eagles won't win the NFC East. Would voters vote for Dak even if they're the number five seed? It hasn't happened since 2008 when that's happened. Does that give Brock Purdy the MVP? Are we living in a world where Brock Purdy is the NFL MVP? Can you imagine saying that sentence 13 months ago? So I, I think the MVP race is still uh, – I'm, I'm very, very interested in that stretch here. So on the heels of that, what would you do as a better? Would you just look to where there is value, or, or do you follow the formula in what we've seen in recent years and think, okay, this is going to be Purdy's award? Yeah, I always just follow the formula with MVP because it's so predictable. And I hate to say that, but voters mm -hmm. always – that's why I, I would vote Tyreek Hill as the MVP. I do not have a dollar on Tyreek Hill to win MVP because I know he has zero chance, <laughs> absolutely positively zero mm -hmm. chance. If Jerry Rice did win an MVP, Tyreek Hill would win an MVP, although I, just, I believe he deserves it. So I believe if you look – this is one thing in betting where you could just look at the formula. Who, who You can – at the beginning of the season, narrow it down to the quarterbacks. You can narrow it down further to who's got a shot at the number one or two seed. I, the one mitigating factor here with Dak, and I don't think there's any value left in him, but it's this: the Cowboys are always just kind of bigger than everybody else. And I think there is some skepticism about, is Purdy any good? I think it's wrong, but it's out there, and I think some voters are going to believe in that and not give him MVP as a result. So I, I, I'm very interested. I don't think there's a lot of value left in the MVP race. I think we've got our, uh, you know, basically our candidates. Josh Allen maybe has a shot if the Bills can sneak into the playoffs, but that would really go against what, what people have voted on for so many years. So I think it's down to Purdy or Prescott, and I think the value is extracted from both. 
Well, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, yes, that schedule is uh, quite challenging. They get the Bills coming up, and then they also have games uh, against the Dolphins, and they host the Lions. So certainly not going to be easy for Dak Prescott and company, but they looked fantastic Sunday night against the Eagles, and Philadelphia looks to be sputtering a little bit. Do you see value in the Cowboys plus 225 to win the NFC East? I really don't, just because of mostly the Eagles' schedule. They play at Seattle on Monday, which Seattle's struggling, obviously. Now, that Seattle's a tough place to play. Maybe they can pull it off. But if the Eagles can get past that, I believe the rest of their schedule is two games against the Giants and one game against the Cardinals. Look, the Giants are feisty, but I'll still take the Eagles in both of those games. And then the tiebreaker. Just The Cowboys cannot win the tiebreaker unless there's, they both had four wins and the Cowboys had losses to Detroit and all that. Let's just say, to, to narrow it down, the Cowboys are in trouble with the tiebreaker. They need the Eagles to somehow get to four losses. And even then, they're still in a little bit of trouble with the tiebreaker. So just the math works out that the Eagles deserve to be a heavy favorite right now. And I think they will win the NFC East. The question becomes, can Dallas make a run in the playoffs on the road every week? I I don't know. I mean, we know the history of Dallas in the playoffs. So it's tough to really buy into that. But this is a good team. I have them number two in my power rankings. I think most people probably do. Yes, there's a big gap between number one and number two. But... This Cowboys team is bringing everything to the table right now. Very, very good football team. If there is a team outside of the Bills, maybe, that can win three straight road games and make a Super Bowl, maybe it is these Cowboys. This is a very, very good football team. Uh, Frank, there was a there was a big move on uh, one particular game uh, yesterday that I wanted to uh, talk about. What one game coming up this week? But uh, the move happened yesterday is what I mean. And you're based in Denver, and it was on that Broncos Lions game coming up. The Lions they they lose outright to the Bears. Their defense has been really bad for quite some time. It that was three and a half at opening around three and a half four. Now some books have it out to five and a half. The Lions, a five and a half point home favorite against uh, a red hot Denver team that uh, is doing a lot of interesting things on defense. Is it sustainable? Don't know. Uh, what's your reaction to that move in that game? Yeah, I, I assume that by the end of the week, uh, you know, the Broncos are going to become America's underdog, right? Because I think everybody would just look at what the Lions have done the past few weeks and say, why not? Why can't the Broncos keep this close? I might be one of those people. Because if you look at the Lions really – the last time we saw them look like, oh my goodness, this is a elite team, it was probably that Packers game back in September on Thursday night. Since then, they've had a, a couple blowout wins, but against bad teams like the Raiders. But they've just been kind of just either getting by or not getting by. In, in the last four weeks, should have lost to the Bears, obviously, in Detroit. Thanks to my survivor pool. I would have won my survivor pool, guys. And then, Bears just held uh. on. Come on, Bears. Anyway, <laughs> the Lions should have lost that game against the Bears. They did get really dominated by the Packers on Thanksgiving. Uh, we saw the Packers last night. That That's not a great loss for them. Almost blew a 21-zip lead to the Saints, of all teams, and then just got handled by the Bears. That's four straight games where the Lions have just not looked good at all. The Lions should be a little lucky that the Packers lost last night because otherwise we'd be talking about are the Lions blowing this division? I don't think the Vikings can mm-hmm. catch them. So I think the Lions are still safe to win a division. But this is not a team playing well. Like you said, the defense is sputtering. Offense doesn't even look that great. Golf is kind of falling back to earth. He's in a slump right now. And the Broncos are just playing good ball. Like, you talk about what's intriguing me. I, I wrote a, for Wednesday just kind of breaking down the awards races and stuff. And I was thinking, is Sean Payton going to steal coach of the year? I know it's kind of – he. you know, he's the one to put them in that one and five hole. You can't, like, ignore that. But – I think they're going to the playoffs. When you look at their remaining schedule, they're right in line to make the playoffs as a six seed. 
And if they do, I think Sean Payton has some serious coach of the year vibes there. So I think it's going to be a good game in Detroit. I, I don't see any reason why all of a sudden the Lions are going to look great again and blow up the Broncos. It's a great point because a uh, few of those coaches seem to be falling who we thought might win it. So that's seems open again i'm glad you brought up awards because there's another one i'm curious about and it's one we've debated often on this show and that's comeback player of the year do you think this is damar hamlin's to lose because now i'm hearing like even joe flacco with the browns name being tossed around so i'm curious your thoughts on this one it's it's a crazy uh, debate because I've thought about this a lot. I know all sports, right? I, I think we, we all do here, but I mean, I'm not just a football guy. I love basketball, baseball in all the awards and all the sports in my lifetime. I cannot remember another award winner like DeMar Hamlin. DeMar Hamlin is minus 400. He's played nine defensive snaps and I get it. And I, I can't sit here and tell you it's wrong. It's what do you think comeback players should be? Should it be the player who came back from the worst circumstance? Because I mean, DeMar Hamlin basically died on the field. And if he gets the award, I, heck, I mean, somebody brought up, name the award after him. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, go for it. Wow. I, I think that you could, you could yeah. totally make that a thing. But if you're going by what a guy has come back from, but played the best, how does Tua not win? He's, he's an MVP candidate. And he came back from, he was legitimately in February, March, discussing uh, with his family because of the concussions. He's come back and played at a near MVP level. So it just, what do you want this award to be? The guy who came back from the worst circumstance or the guy who came back from something bad to play the best? And I have a Tua ticket. I'd vote for Tua too. I don't think you can give a guy who's played nine defensive snaps a major award, but I get it. I'm not against it. I'm not railing. I'm not standing on a table saying this is the worst vote I've ever seen. But a fascinating, a fascinating award race just because we've never seen anything like this before, really in any sport where a guy practically doesn't play at all but still wins a major award. Good stuff. Good stuff. Frank Schwab with Yahoo Sports. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. I always appreciate it. Sure thing. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue Futures Day on the show. Division winners make miss the playoffs and so much more. That's coming up here on the BetQL Network.